0: Welcome to everybody online. Great to have you with us. Today, we are celebrating eight years of what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will still do. And we are very excited for that because God is, God is faithful. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Worthy of praise. Um, we have seen people saved, baptized, healed, restored. God has, has really taken us through so much. And there's been this shaking and this stuff going on. And here we are because we are built upon the rock, Jesus Christ. And for our, have we got a slide there? There we go. Okay. Made for display. We had another promo thing that we had out, which was eight. And then we had the eight sideways from eight into eternity, because we know that what God is building will will last forever. And God is building his church. So we are part of something that cannot be shaken and the world will be shaken and stuff will break apart. But what we are building on will never be shaken. Um, Just a bit of a side note before I get into it. Dale, who's actually has his birthday today, spinning all over, um, where's Dale, Dale, he's running around there, oh there we go, happy birthday Dale, <clears throat> um, working in the church office, he said if you take any photos today, won't you put underneath the hashtag City Hill Toti, so that it all goes to kind of a central place, so City Hill Toti, if you take any pictures and celebrate, because we want people to know what God is doing here. So, last year when I preached, I preached on the number 7 because it was our 7th birthday, symbolizing in scripture, and in numerology, it's, it's perfection. And this is the scripture that I have in mind, and I want to bring us back to it and remind us of it before we carry on, which is Philippians 1 verse 6. It says this, And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finished, finally finished, on the day when Christ Jesus returns. God started a good work in this church, and He will bring it to completion. When God starts something, He finishes it. And God has started a work in your life. Each one of you sitting here, God has started something. And if God started stirring something in you and He is working with you, He will bring it to completion. And you are a work in progress. Even though you might not feel like you're the finished product, you are a work in progress. And sometimes, when we look in the mirror, we can feel like, Oh man, I feel like I'm so far from where God wants me and even though we God is not finished with us, sometimes we feel like we are finished with God. And we like we distance ourselves and we don't understand what He's doing and we don't understand the way that He's doing it. Yet God never gives up on us. I want you to take that to heart. God is never giving up on you. He will never give up on you. No matter what you've done, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you will do, God will never ever give up on you. We can be unfaithful, but God will never be unfaithful. God is faithful to the end, and God is working in your life. So um, that was last year. For my birthday last year, Paula got me something, um, got me a gift that I've wanted for a very long time. And it might not come across as masculine as it really is. um, But what I wanted for my birthday was pottery lessons. And um, I got some looks there. And just so that you know, I have never seen the movie Ghost. So I'm not trying to recreate some sort of love scene. I've never seen it. I I don't know what that's all about. I just think pottery looks therapeutic. It looks like the kind of thing that would be fun. Um, As a show of hands, anyone here ever done pottery? Oh, good. Oh, lots, of, lots of the guys also put up hand. Oh, oh, oh. So, you know, um, and, and I've never, I haven't had a chance to go yet. So I got pottery lessons for my birthday, but I haven't had a chance to go. So all I've done is watched pottery online and how they make things online, because I think pottery looks fun. And I just want to remind us that experiencing something online is never the same as actually being there in person. Am I right? <laughs> to my online audience. And there is a reason that I'm telling you this. When people get married, sometimes they celebrate for their anniversary, they get the gift of the year calendar, right? So number, first year is paper, then two is cotton, three is leather, four is fruits and flowers. I was thinking, what kind of anniversary gift is that? Oh, I got you a pocket of oranges, I <laughs> oh, no, I got you some. Uh, five is wood, at least that's furniture. Uh, six, candy and iron, seven is wool or copper, and eight is pot- pottery, So for our eighth birthday, thanks to the genius of Paula and Michelle and Dale working in the office, um, for our eighth birthday, I want to remind us that we are clay in the hands of a master potter. That God is busy shaping us into who he wants us to be as a display of his glory. And we might look in the mirror and think, oh, Lord, I've still got such a long way to go, as I've said. But we are still a work in progress. God is working with us. Um, And even though you may not feel it or feel like you see it, I want to tell you something which is a promise from Scripture. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Every single one of you is incredibly well designed by God himself. So in Jeremiah, the Old Testament prophet is sent out to the potter's house, which is what I'm going to be preaching on today. And a little side note. Does anyone know the difference between a major prophet and a minor prophet? It's not a setup to a joke. This is actually like what the difference is. In in scripture, you get major prophets and minor prophets. And the only difference is the size of the book. So Jeremiah is a very long book. Therefore, he is considered to be a major prophet. And he lived most of his life as what some would describe in hidden years. And I think there's probably people in this room that are feeling like your life is in that space. You're living in the hidden years. And, and I want to say this, unseen doesn't mean unimportant. So you might not have a pedestal or a platform or a stage. You might feel like nobody is seeing you, but unseen doesn't mean unimportant. God is busy doing something in your life. So when God calls Jeremiah to be a prophet... As God calls many of us to different things, God calls Jeremiah and he says, Jeremiah, I want you to be a prophet to the people. And Jeremiah responds like many of us would. We go, "Ah, no, thanks. (laughs) It sounds nice, but give it to someone else. And what we do is we come to God with a list of excuses. And as many of us do today, we come to God with excuses. So God puts a calling on our life. And he says, I want your life to count. I want you to be significant. I want you to walk in authority and power. And what we do is we go, oh, I'm I'm so far from being ready for that. No thanks. And we give it away. But meanwhile, God would make us into who he wants wants us to be. God's grace always trumps our excuses. And I I have given many excuses. I remember when I was asked to preach and I used to say no. And then I was challenged once, say yes more than no. And I believe God is calling many of you to great things. Start saying yes more than no. Make yourself available. So, let's read the scripture. Jeremiah 18, verse 1 to 6. Just want to say who God created us to to be is often very different from how we see ourselves. And I've noticed that going through the giftings course, people have no idea what they carry. And then when you show them and you tell them, they still don't see it themselves. Um, What God calls us to is often very different from what we feel capable of. You must understand that when you take a step of faith, when you step out of your comfort zone, when you step out of the boat to walk on water, God will carry you. So, Jeremiah 18 verse 1 to 6, the potter and the clay. This is the message that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house, I will give you my message there. So I went down to the potter's house and saw him working with clay at the wheel, which is what I would like to do. He was making a pot from clay, but there was something wrong with the pot. So the potter used the clay to make another pot. With his hands, he shaped the pot the way he wanted it to be. Then this message came from the Lord. Uh, then this message from the Lord came to me. Family of Israel, you know that I can do the same thing with you. You are like clay in the potter's hands, and I am the potter. This message is from the Lord. What God was doing was he was telling the prophet this. I want you to go and tell the people something, that I am the potter, that I am controlled, that I am sovereign that I am God Almighty, that I will do with you what I will do with you, and I am shaping you into something, and you can surrender to that, because if you don't, I can just reshape something else, because God is God. Um, And from my limited understanding of pottery, today I want to look at four elements required in pottery, why we were created, and the potter's process. And what I've learned in my years of being a Christian is that there is a big difference between hearing it and getting it. So I'm, I'm going to say nothing new today. I'm pretty sure I'm going to say nothing new, but there is a big difference between hearing it and getting it. For me, sometimes I hear something for the hundredth time, and I get it for the first time. So maybe you've been hearing messages and you've been hearing preaching, and you are full up with spiritual stuff, but hearing it and getting it are different things. So the four elements are this in pottery is the clay. That's you and me. We are clay picked up from the earth, formed by God. Then there is the potter. The potter is the person that shapes the clay. And obviously in this story and talking to us today, this represents God. Skilled potters make impressive works. And we are in the hands of almighty God, the creator of the universe, who understands detail. We are in God's hands and he is busy shaping us. And I've seen some of the pottery online of people that are unskilled potters. <laughs> I didn't have any pictures, but my Goodness gracious me, there are some ugly works out there. Um, I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about when you make a cup and it's got like, anyway. Um, so I've never done it yet, so I have no idea what I'm going to come back with. And then you get the wheel. Today I'm equating the wheel to the world that we live in, this planet itself and life itself, They're this spinning, rotating life that we live. And I remember Brent preached it some time ago. He said, sometimes we want to say, stop the world, I want to get off. And sometimes that's how life feels. We are on this potter's wheel and we are being shaped and all we want to do is get off. Um, Life can feel like a pottery wheel. And then we get the kiln. So what happens is the pottery gets, the thing gets made. And the kiln is a furnace that the pot goes into when it's finished being designed. So in Genesis 1, verse 1, are you with me Sure. I'm trying to. I'm trusting the Holy Spirit will speak beyond my ability because I was going through it and I was like, Lord, please, <laughs> I've got this thing, but I need you to hold it together. In Genesis 1 verse 1, God created, and the word used was bara, the Hebrew word, meaning coming into being. So our God, the creator of the universe, took, he made something out of nothing. Nothing existed, and then God created something. Then in Genesis 1 verse 27, God created the man and the woman. So God made this incredibly impressive display of creative genius, and then He also made woman. Right? I'm um, <laughs> just joking, just joking. It's the other way around. Then in Genesis 2 verse 7, you guys probably think, "Tim, you sleep on the couch a lot." Yeah, no, I no, don't. No, no. Genesis 2 verse 7, and the Hebrew word for formed is the word yisah, and it means this: the action of an artist, sculptor, or a potter. You are, you, are, you, are, you are, sitting here, a work of art. God was very intentional about the creative design and genius of his DNA and nature infused in you. And you are the work of an artist or a potter. So each of us is a work of art created in the image of God, carrying the breath of God himself. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. So before I look at the potter's process, I want to remind us why we were created. How many of you have ever been to somebody's house and they've said, would you like a plate of coffee? (laughs) Nobody. A jug of coffee maybe would be like, look, I, I think I'd take a vase of coffee maybe, even a bucket of coffee. But certainly not a bowl or a plate or a saucer. Why? Because God was very intentional about making you specific and unique. You are not meant to be the same as the person next to you. You are created by God with his genius to be unique. Listen to this. 2 Timothy 2 verse 21. The Lord wants to use you for special purposes. So make yourself clean clean from all evil. Then you will be holy and the master can use you. You will be ready for any good work. So this takes it one step further. Imagine going to somebody's house and they say this. Well, I've got this this amazing designer who's world famous, a renowned designer, and he made this uh, this coffee cup and it costs like 600,000 rand for this cup. So would you like some coffee? Then you look at the cup and it's amazing, but it hasn't been cleaned since 2007 and it's full of gunk. doesn't matter how well it's created. We want to make sure that the cup that we are using is clean. So to be created, we are created to be useful. We are created, every one of you is created to be useful. He also created us as a display of his glory. And as the title says, you are made for display. You are not made to be shell display of the glory of God. And all we've got to do is keep ourselves in the presence of God, keep ourselves pure in that way so that we put Jesus Christ first, so that we can be used by him as a display of what he's creating. In Philippians 2 verse 13, it says that we were designed for his good pleasure. And that good pleasure is expressed through right relationship with Jesus Christ. Whatever you are going through in life right now, the most important thing is a right relationship with Jesus. That is it. So here's where the tricky part comes in. That's all kind of basic stuff. In God's sovereignty, he chose to give each of us free will. We can accept or reject God's process and even God himself. Right? In other words, we are not just lifeless lumps of clay. We are alive. God created us to be alive. Which means that unlike clay, we can choose to step off or resist the potter's wheel. We can actually... We can. As much as we can step off the potter's wheel, I want to say this. We can never remove ourselves from the process. Let me explain what I mean. God will always be the creator. We cannot change that. We will always remain his creation. We cannot change that. Shaping will always take place in our lives. Always. We cannot change that. And everything and everyone will be tested by fire. We cannot change that. So all of us in our lives are going to go through a process of being molded to be displayed, to be put in fire, to be proven, right? That is going to happen to all of us. The question is this, will we allow God to shape us for his pleasure and his purpose, or will we be shaped by something else? What is shaping your life right now? A little bit of God, God's hand on this side and the world on this side? Or are we submitted and surrendered to God himself to shape us into who he wants us to be? Because in our free will, the choice is ours. It got serious. When it comes to salvation, that is from God and God alone. When it comes to sin, that is from us and us alone. When it comes to being transformed, molded and shaped, we can embrace this process or resist and reject it. It's a theological conundrum. You have absolute free will, but God is sovereign. And that happens at exactly the same time, a theological conundrum. So what is the potter's process? And this is the part that I want to preach into today. From watching my pottery videos, this is the simplified process of how pottery works. Um, You take the mold, I mean, you take the the, um, clay, you put it on the wheel. So all of us right now are are these clay, clumps of clay that have been put on, living clumps of clay that have been put on the wheel. Then this is the process, wet, center, mold, fire. Wet, you wet the clay, you center the clay, you mold the clay, you fire the clay. And I want to just briefly talk about each one of those things. So once the clay is placed on the wheel, the first thing the potter does is he wets the clay. Right? So that means that we are soft and that we are pliable. Because what happens is this. We go through life and life hardens us. And when you've got clay and there's hard bits and the person is trying to shape it, if their hands are not wet or the clay is not wet, then what happens is the pottery uh, connects or sticks to the person's hand, and it causes us to bend out of shape. So if we go through life and our hearts get hardened over time, then what happens is we don't take the shape that God wants to shape in us. Why? Because we need to be under the reign of God. His reign as in his drizzle of his presence needs to be saturating our lives. Otherwise, we can't be molded. I read this quote that said this. Our highest purpose is to keep our lives pliable in the hands of our creator. And I really believe this is a heart issue. Like I said last week, God will mold us. He will shape us. He will use us. All we need to do is make ourselves available. But we are not completely submitted and surrendered to him. Therefore, we start picking up things out there. And then we come here and we ask God to shape us. But there's things he's got to deal with and remove first. And he's got to put us under his reign. Listen to Hebrews 3, verse 12 to 15. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving. Turning you away from the living God, you must warn each other. Um, warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. This is talking to believers being hardened against God. Life is going to try and harden you. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believe, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember what he says, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. There is a huge difference between a lack of faith and unbelief. A lack of faith is what the disciples has. A lack of faith is saying, Lord, there's things that I'm struggling through. And then we bring ourselves to God. And a lack of faith God can use by his reign. And he wets his hands. And our hearts become pliable. And he deals with that thing. Unbelief is to remove ourselves from God completely. Right? Unbelief is something altogether. It's not even being on the wheel anymore. We need to allow the reign of God to wash over our lives because we are being shaped all the time. Right now, everything is trying to shape us. I really believe that. We go home and we watch things and what we listen to and who we hang out with and what we read and what we see and what we expose ourselves to is constantly shaping us right? That's why every time after people leave, if you go to the cinemas and they watch Spider-Man, every time they leave Spider-Man, they're like parkouring their way back to the car, trying to pretend to shoot webs out of their wrists. (laughs) Is it just me? Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, I find that when you watch something, you watch like this detective thing, you want to be a detective. You know, watch a superhero thing, you want to be a superhero. And we're watching everything happening in the world. We want to be like all these things and all these things are shaping us. But we essentially want to be shaped into the image of Jesus Christ. So where is your, where is your focus? Where, where are you focusing most of your time and energy? So now the, the next part is the part that I feel is the key for today and for us and prophetically for the future of our church. The next step is this. Center the clay. Once the clay is wet... The potter or ceramist needs to work it into the middle of the wheel. So they have a process of pushing and raising and pushing and raising. And they work the clay to the middle of the wheel. I believe that is what God is doing in the church always. But I believe he's doing especially doing that right now. God is centering us. Um, When clay is not centered, it can't be shaped. You cannot put clay on the edge of the wheel and then try to shape it. As soon as it starts to take form, it folds over. If it's not perfectly centered, then as soon as it starts to take form, it falls over. It bends out of shape. Um, and I've got a quote from Tyron Daniel that I've shared a few times. Colin shared a few times from our time away. It says this, The Lord of the work is more important than the work of the Lord. The Lord of the work is more important than the work of the Lord. If Jesus is not central to our lives... It will pull against our purpose and potential. And the world has this constant pull. And there's this force that's pulling us away from the center of Christ. And if Jesus Christ is not the center of our lives, then what happens is things start to take shape. But as soon as they do, all of a sudden things start to fall apart again. The world is spinning. And the only way for the pressure of that spin not to break us is to be centered on Jesus Christ. And that sounds so easy. you know. And it looks, it's, it's so easy until we start to wobble. And I remember when I used to skateboard, not, I, had, I had no skill and the brains to match. So I would find the steepest hill and then be like, you know, and you're going down the hill on your skateboard, and you are loving life, and all of a sudden, the speed wobble starts. And the speed wobble starts, and our, you know it happens faster than our ability to respond. If Jesus is not central to our lives, our, 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 our marriages, our everything, then what happens is it starts to build, it starts to take form, it starts to look good until it starts to wobble, and then it falls apart very quickly. I believe that the simple core doctrines of church, home fellowship, Bible studies, whatever you want to call them, life groups, home groups, scripture, and prayer keep us in the center of the wheel. When you remove those things from your life, you start to shake. And you might feel like everything's good because you still look exactly like the other vases, Or whatever God is making. But all of a sudden when it starts to fall apart, it falls apart quickly. And so many people, their lives spin out of control. So they they come back to church and they're like, Lord, I've lost sight of you. And then what happens is they, they, they center their lives back on Jesus Christ. And Jesus starts to build them and mold them and shape them into who he wants them to be. And then we start feeling good again. And things seem to be stable and they seem to be good. So what we do is we distance ourselves from Jesus. We remove ourselves from the center and the whole thing starts to to go out of shape again. I want to say something so simple, but I believe for our 8th birthday and going forward, Jesus Christ will always be central to our church. He, He will always be central to our lives. Otherwise, we live this life of being built. Absolutely. We're being built, moved, fall apart, come back, built Move, fall apart. We don't want that. We want to be a finished product that when we get tested by fire, we are exactly who God created us to be. Um, so Jesus, as this church, he is our rock. He is our anchor. He is our foundation. And he is our focus. Right? And, 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 and this is, we got this written all over. Jesus Christ, to know him and make him known. Church, that's not our slogan. It's our heart. <laughs> Hebrews 12 verse 2 says this. We must never stop looking to Jesus. We must never stop. Are we going to preach other things only if they're focused on Jesus? Are we going to focus on other things? No. we Are going to focus on Jesus? He is the leader of our faith. He is the one who makes our faith complete. He suffered death on the cross, um, but he accepted the shame of the cross as if it were nothing because of the joy. Being at the right hand of the throne of God, God is sovereign. He's in control, and he is shaping us. Are we allowing ourselves to be shaped by Christ? Is Jesus central to our lives? Are we putting all of the elements in place that keep us in the center? So, wet the clay, center the clay, and then we throw things on the floor, and then we mold the clay. Romans 9, verse 19 to 21. So, one of you, so l- listen to this. This is from the easy to read version. It's so good. So, one of you will ask me if God controls what we do, why does he blame us for our sins? Don't ask that. You are only human and have no right to question God. A jar does not question the one who made it. It does not say, why did you make me like this? The one who makes the jar can make anything he wants. He uses um, the same clay to make different things. He might make one thing for special purposes and the other for daily use. I'm going to challenge you on our eighth birthday to pray this. Lord, whatever you want from me, Wherever you want me, your will be done. I've been, we, we can try our whole lives to shape ourselves, to build ourselves. When God's not asking us to shape ourselves, to come to him and show him what we've made. He's asking us to, sub, to surrender and submit to him so that he can shape us. We exhaust ourselves trying to shape ourselves to be something impressive for the world and for God to see. And God's saying, I, you cannot shape yourself. All you can do is submit and surrender. When you submit and surrender, I will do the shaping. God is love and his purpose for us is loving. So we are not surrendering ourselves to the hands of an angry God who wants to punish us. That punishment has gone to Jesus Christ on the cross. We are surrendering surrendering ourselves to a God who loves us absolutely, who wants to display us and show off his power through our lives. God is making us in his image. Yet we won't reflect that image if other things are shaping us. So a famous Scottish preacher named Alexander White used, used to say this, that Christians, a Christian life is a series of new beginnings. You are a work in process, I'm in progress. So you might feel like, I built something, and then it just came apart. And then God will shape you again. And then you feel like, oh, I built something, and then you will go. So const- all of us are constantly being molded. So if you've gone through the process of rising and falling and rising and falling and rising and falling, thank God that you remain in his hands and that, he's a, that you're a work in pro- progress. And the last step is this. Fire the clay. 1 Corinthians 3, we read about how one day everything will be tested by fire. Gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, and straw. It will be tested by fire. Everything that we build in this life outside of Jesus Christ holds no eternal value and will become ash one day. Everything that we build that is in Jesus Christ, that is for His eternal kingdom, that is for Him, will stand the test. One day, all of us, into what we are being shaped will be tested by fire. Every choice we make is an investment into our future. For our eighth birthday, caught an intense, less than celebratory preach, I want to say this. Jesus Christ must be the center of your life. It's not an option. It's not an optional extra. He's not an add-on. If he is not the center, it is a matter of time before everything will topple over. And this is not something to scare and threaten you. It's saying this. God wants to bless your life. Let him, let him. Ephesians 2 verse 10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us in you in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Uh, I I know because I've tried. (laughs) This world has nothing to offer us that will satisfy. The only true satisfaction is right relationship with Jesus Christ. And when that is central to our lives and honoring Jesus is central, then he will build whatever he wants to build and we will be grateful for it because we are in his hands. We as a church are, are clay in the hands of an awesome potter and he will build whatever he wants to build.